Hi, Dr. Sears. I'm not sure what to do about my daughter. Hey, Dr. Sears. When I opened my baby's diaper, what came out really Hi, Dr. Sears. My kids refuse to eat fruits and vegetables. What do I do? I've been more terrible foods the last couple of days. Can I get your advice, Dr. Sears? Welcome into the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jim Sears, along with my sister, a certified health coach through the Dr. Sears Family Wellness Institute, Hayden. Hello. Hi. And we are not joined by uh, our <laughs> sound man, Matt. There's an empty chair across the room. Aww, um, Matt. I guess he had a doctor's a, something, something. A, a appointment. <laughs> and so he we showed up to the studio and his computer was just kind of on with the arrow towards the red button. <laughs> so, push this. so I hit the red button. Hopefully it's recording. But we have a special guest in the podcast today. Our other sister, Erin yeah. Sears. Welcome. What's up? What's up? All right. You, yeah. are, you are a new author. Latest um, book uh, with my dad. Uh, the Dr. T- Sears, T5. T5. Transform Wellness 5, right? Plan. Stands for Transform yeah. 5. Transform yep. 5. Five yeah. changes in five weeks. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> Aaron's also a certified health coach oh, yeah, yeah. and so a brand new mom. Oh, yeah. And a brand new mom. <laughs> Baby so, Johnny, yes. almost eight months old. <laughs> so we are here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting. And then Aaron's going to talk about some of the less joyful moments <laughs> mm. with a newborn and sleep True. and whatnot. A lot of newborn questions today, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and some good stuff. But um, before we get to that, let's remind you guys out there to find us on the internets, uh, Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Sears Family Podcast. And then on, you can also go to askdrsears.com slash podcast and send us questions, comments, or concerns, or just thumbs up. And uh, let us know what you want us to talk about, because uh, we love take que- getting questions. That's probably the funnest thing and the, and the mm-hmm. honestly the easiest way to put a show together. If there's a bunch, bunch of questions, then we can... Uh, yeah. Okay. Then we like that. There, it's easy. It makes it easier. <laughs> so so do do that. And um, so we're going to get into some of this good stuff. I uh, But before that, let's do... Comments with hate. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Yeah, pause. Dramatic pause. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think we actually only have one comment. Gotcha. I have one. You do have one. Okay, I have one. Um, uh, it's from 50 Fathoms Below. Ah. <laughs> he says, wait, I want to be on the show. No, no, it's wait, I want to be on the show 100%. 100%. Okay. 100%. All right, we'll have to reach out to 50 Fathoms. I've, actually, I know who that is. Oh, no. <laughs> one of my friends. Oh, cool. Keith, one of my sailing buddies. But he actually has his own podcast, and he's a he's moving into the reggae DJ realm. Oh, fun! And uh, I actually went to one of his. He was do, he was DJing at at a at a place, and I hey, will go check it out and having some cocktails and some snacks. And he's doing his DJ thing, but I didn't think he did enough pointing at the sky. <laughs> I think you're supposed to point up at the sky a lot. <laughs> And he didn't. He literally didn't do that once. once not okay. one. And that's all the real good DJs. They point to the sky, and he didn't say his name enough. He just played the music and stuff. Kind of like so branding. He used to say his name and and pointing. And if he really wants to go big in this realm, point at the sky while saying your name. Point at the sky. So what about like a palms up, like can raise, raise the, the roof, roof thing? Type of thing. I, I don't know. Any DJ, DJs out there? Is that a thing? Is that raise? a thing? I don't know. I think no, maybe that that's a, my 90s girl. That was Arsenio. I'll add another comment Arsenio. for Hayden. If you're going to have a, a late night talk show, you're supposed to do the raise, yeah, the, raise the roof, the roof. Thing. That's late night. Okay. Or the whoop whoop 
thing. But the pointing at the sky, that's that's uh, any DJs out there that want to be truly great, just point at the sky. perfect your pointing at the sky. <laughs> okay, another comment for Hayden. What? Get on with it. Oh, no more no, DJ talk. Hayden. <laughs> okay, so Let's talk about some parenting, Jim. Yes. All right. And then we got another. We got this is just a comment, uh, one of the ratings for the web, for the uh, podcast itself. It's not a great rating. Hmm. It's a, three, a two out of five. Aww. But I figured, well, let me, the one before that, actually five out of five. Enjoy listening, informative, friendly, approachable, and great advice. Smiley face. Thanks for another podcast on my list. Yay. Oh, so that, that's good. Cool. And then um, this one, really wanted to get into this, parentheses, was raised by a baby book parent, and parentheses, but couldn't get past the preachy atmosphere and what felt like a disdain for modern med- medical practices. Huh. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah. I, well, I, I, I didn't know. We received the positive, feed- positive feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely not our intention, so we'll keep that yep, in mind. We, will do we that. Love I will promise not to preach. I will not, not preach. preach. I will Don't not even preach. use Sorry. any words that sound like preach. I won't talk about peach. I will talk about teach. You will not point. I will not point at everything. <laughs> I have come head. down from the mountain, and I will not impeach or reach or even go to the beach. I have walked through the valley, and I have learned my lesson because I have repented, and I have lived under the sea. I think we need Matt back fathoms here. below. So, okay, yeah, so I no think... More, no more preaching. No more preaching. Okay, okay so I think Aaron came oh, no. prepared. Um, Real quick, the, yeah, the disdain for modern disdain. medicine, though. okay. Certainly, we talk about a lot of natural remedies mm-hmm. and home remedies. And, you know, I think oftentimes we maybe make the assumption that, okay, you've gone to see your doctor and maybe gotten the prescription. Mm-hmm. And if it's working or not working, whatever. Okay, but what else can you do? Yeah. What can you do? To, and I think that's where we focus on. And so I certainly, I mean, I am a modern <laughs> right. practitioner of So are your two brothers and medicine. your dad. <laughs> and um, so that's, that's the... the vast majority of what kind of medicine I practice is the latest, you know, uh, in modern medicine. But mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, so uh, yeah, there's... That's all right. I will try to make sure I don't ever disdain. <laughs> no disdain, Jim. Disdain. I mean, will not preach. You will not preach. <clears throat> I kind of liked it though. Okay, <clears throat> good. Okay. All right, so let's uh, move into some of... So uh, let's catch up with hey, uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just down here visiting? Yeah, visiting the fam. We had a baby shower for our uh, niece, which was super fun. Yes, so okay, so you're yeah, so we are we're about to have mom and dad's first great grandbaby. When I say we, that sounded odd. It's not we. I'm not oh, having that's it. Right. I forgot it's about, about to happen. That. I don't the know if his family is expanding to another generation. The first great grandbaby. Funny. The other day, I was thinking that was the case, but I thought, well, yeah. maybe I. I couldn't remember who it was, so I thought yeah. maybe it was a dream, and it wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, and I hesitate to say the name on, uh, you know, I just want to be yeah. Yeah, 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 privacy, yeah. but our, the first great bam, grandbaby great is coming in a few grandbaby. months, so wow. we celebrated that last night. Ah, cool, cool, cool. And how old's your little one now? He's almost eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Man, Ooh. yeah. The blink and, of an eye. <laughs> yeah, so I am down here hanging out with you guys, and... Feeling like an, an ambassador for a lot of new moms out there. I have some questions from um, some friends and mm-hmm. hopefully to offer some some condolences <laughs> or some encouragement, right. some um, uplifting and just, you know, just to have someone that, you know, I'm on your side. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, what's the first cool. question? 
First question is, um, oh. talk about water. So I think our baby's about a little older than my baby, so maybe around eight months. Um, when are you, when slash if are you supposed to give baby water? Hmm. Gotcha. That's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I, it seems like just about every parent will actually ask that at mm-hmm. some point. Is it okay to give him water? There's two, actually two. Is it okay to give him water or when do I need to start giving him water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and it's it's funny. I don't think there's any exact age. Oh, this is when you're supposed to start water. Um, I usually just kind of let it happen. Um, like, let me back up a, bl- a little bit. There's actually one really important rule about when you should not give water. If it's a nice, if it's a really hot day, mm-hmm. and if it's a younger baby that's maybe just strictly breastfeeding or bottle, and, um, and a lot of parents will go, oh, it's hot, we're all sweating, so we need to give the baby extra water, or, or just water, mm-hmm. right, instead of milk or, or formula. And what can happen there is, so the baby's sweating out electrolytes and um, um, and just taking in water so the baby can lose electrolytes and actually their sodium can level mm. can drop and actually that can be really, 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 really dangerous for babies. So, um, so if it's a hot day, don't give water, just give the regular uh, milk. Okay. And um, and ideally, if you're if it's a younger baby and it's a hot day and you're out sweating, try to maybe limit that <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. type of environment because you know babies just have a much harder time regulating their temperature than yeah. we do. You know we can withstand a hot day uh, a lot longer than a baby can. So all right, so that's when not to give water. Mm-hmm. Um, so when is it okay to give water? Eh, you know, kind of whenever. Um, I'll often use it um, if a baby is maybe constipated. I'll have the parents give a little bit of extra water, maybe an ounce or two a day, and that can that can really happen at any age, really. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but in terms of like, okay, when is the baby going to have a sippy cup sitting around with water? Um, it kind of depends. You know, nine mm-hmm. months is fine. Uh, eight months is probably fine too. Um, the uh, what we because that's the age where the baby's starting to eat lots more food, and maybe the water can go along with it. Um, and uh, and often, especially if the baby's needing like a, a sippy cup or a bottle in the middle of the night, um, it's nice to maybe just have water in that. Depending, you know, if the baby, <laughs> if it's true feeding, and and you you got to do that, fine. Um, but if it's just a, especially if the toddler is going to wake up and wants to, some toddlers will put them back, put themselves back to sleep with a, just a little bottle or sippy cup. Having that be water is nice because if it's like cow milk or some other sort of uh, non fresh milk. Um, it could uh, infl- uh, cause cavities and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And I think whenever your baby kind of starts asking for it, so if they see you are having water and they're being curious about it, um, you can start kind of introducing that. I think definitely water, not juice. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if, if moms kind of want to give baby something else at some point, and definitely water is the next one to go to after. Uh, breast milk or formula, whichever you're doing. So don't go to juice. Actually, for as long as possible, just yeah. try to not do the juice. <laughs> yeah. Stick with the water. Yeah, I mean, I mean honestly, yeah, to think of juice is like soda. Okay, if he gets a hold of some, probably not going to be the end of the world, but... Once it gets that juice, yeah, don't, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard uh, to go back. Literally think of, it, think of it as soda. It's really not that mm-hmm. good. It's just a bunch <clears throat> of sugar. Yeah. And all it does is make them go, oh, that tastes way better than water. Yeah. I want that. And when you do do juice, just dilute it a lot. I remember mom used to do dilute our juice like forever though. 
I, I think she came home from the store and diluted it right away and put it in the fridge. Oh, yeah. So that we just kind of always had that. I still do that today. I actually do that too. So thank you, mommy. I'm not. I'm saving you money. Yeah, for sure. That probably was also part of it with mom because she's awesome like that. And you talked about the sippy cup. So my baby was just. It's a very sophisticated uh, palate, we'll say, um, would just not not take a bottle. I mean, I'm exclusively breastfeeding, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to get dad involved or have, you know, something on, to, on the go. Um, you know, he just would not take a bottle. But um, I loved, I found a, a sippy cup especially formulated for four-month-olds. Oh, cool. Um, and that, that was, it's still the only thing he'll drink out of other yeah. than me. <laughs> and, um, it's, a, it's a munch, it's called, a, it's the Munchkin line, and it's a, just a four-month sippy cup, so... Anyone who's cool. having it, issues. What does it look like? Have a little like a straw nozzle kind of a thing? Um, it doesn't or? have a straw. It's just the um, thing where the I've seen some of these cups. The the rim when the baby presses their lips to the rim, it like opens up somehow. That's it, a little different. Yeah, the, yeah, those are good too. We haven't tried those yet, but um, something about this one, he he liked cool. it. So <laughs> sure, sure, and it's kind of nice because yeah, one of our first my first child just would not take a bottle. And it was mm. it was kind of a, a bummer. <laughs> it was like a, or a pacifier. Yeah. Um, but um, which but once it it was when she got older, it was nice because then we never had to take the bottle away. She yeah. just I think about eight nine months started just sipping out of a sippy cup and and uh, you know it was nice because then when she was two it was the same sippy cup and mm-hmm. and didn't have to like wean her off the bottle. Yeah. So that was cool. Another question? Yeah, for another sure. question. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so for those who have me little little older toddlers, um, is when you're trying to do gentle parenting, but your toddler wants to keep doing something dangerous and does not listen to no, like for instance, crawling to the back of the dresser and trying to pull the lamp cord or climbing to a you know the top of a couch, do, basically doing dangerous things. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, how do you um, gentle parent through those dangerous? situations. Ah. Gotcha. Uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. So <clears throat> I was I was trying to get back into kind of that frame of mind because my youngest is nine. I actually reached out to one of my friends, Brandy Hadfield, who's who's has younger kids and she's just like an amazing gentle parent. She's <laughs> like I wish I could go back and do my parenting again with her like as her. <laughs> she's just amazing. So um she helped kind of spark some of my um ideas and gave me a couple other things that I thought were really great. Now, we, are we talking about just um, like these specific, I don't know if there's any books called Gentle Parenting yet, but there uh, are there are like websites like a, out there yeah, called Gentle it's, it's, Parenting. It's probably just a whatever, a rehash of right, it's kind attachment of, parenting. It or, is, but it's just from the concept of <clears throat> approach a situation with gentleness. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm there's probably a longer definition of it, but it's pretty much kind of what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, we've had a parenting model for a long, long time that was very, you know, we, we, we've seen the movies. We know what it looks like. The yelling, the screaming, the hitting, the shaming, right? So it's kind of the opposite of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, right. So I've, a couple things first is it, this, you have to remember this is a season. The toddlerhood is a season. And for the most part, when you're when we're talking about a danger situation, a lot of what you're going to have to do is prevention. So you don't, as much as possible, you're not going to put your toddler in a situation where um, they're going to be in a place where, where they're going to be able to pull a cord uh, without you right there. Like if you go to a friend's right. house or a store, you just kind of have to be right by your, your toddler. Um, you're not going to take him to a place where there's going to be danger that you can't uh, 
be there to to run interference. And that 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 sounds hard, but just remember it's kind of a kind of a short time. Um, and then mostly for the toddler, a lot of the discipline that happens around that is is redirection before they really understand. I'm saying no because it's dangerous. Before they understand that whole concept, a lot of it's redirection, especially a younger toddler. Now, especially when you get to an older toddler where you really do want them to learn the word no and understand why. Um, that So, okay, <laughs> I've, I kind of have two concepts. Um, one is whenever there's a dangerous situation, like running in the street, pulling on a cord, about to jump off something that would be dangerous, uh, you want to save uh, a specific sound in your voice to when there's danger. Yeah. So that they might not always understand the words you're saying, but they will for sure understand your tone of voice. And I remember ah. mom did this. So yes. whenever <laughs> I still I remember have the sound resounding in my ears, I'm not going to do it for you guys because <laughs> oh, it will on. scare the heck out of you. It's, it's true. It's, it's pretty but scary, it, but it, but it, uh, it teaches it's impactful. a toddler. I have yeah. a story. Well, well, let me finish this okay, story. So, uh, you know, when they're running towards the street and maybe you're 10 feet behind them and you can't get there in time, right? You stop them with your voice. So it's like a kind of a, a loud kind of, not not that it's going to scare them in a way that's a fear um that's non uh, that's non gentle <laughs> right but you're going to startle them so that they stop and realize danger okay mm-hmm. so and and we're saving these for the really dangerous stuff so you have to be careful because you want this to be impactful um and they might get scared and startled and they might cry and that's when you know after after they're calmed down it's really good for you, for them to hear from you mommy was scared I was scared for you. And you can kind of, with short words, kind of explain why. Um, <clears throat> and always save that sound for when there's danger. Now, another thing is... Let me, let me yeah, yeah, give an ahead. example of that. Um, I was in the office, it was a, probably a year ago, and um, the little toddler was, um, during the appointment, just being nice. And everybody was great, and but getting into a lot of stuff. And mom often was just very gently saying, uh, you know, Andrew, uh, no, leave that alone. You know, we're not going to touch that. We're not going to do this. Don't know. Just trying to keep the child corralled, right? And then towards the end of the appointment, I think we're actually leaving. And um, and the child kind of got out in front of mom and, and was actually heading out the front door. And mom's voice changed. Instead of Andrew, no, no, does we're going to be gentle. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Andrew! And the child kind of bolted up. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. You know, it was that, I called the, 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 uh, the mommy lion voice is <laughs> yeah. actually what I call that. And I, I kind of like to, and like you said, you save that voice and it's not an angry voice. It's just a loud authoritative voice mm-hmm. that, uh, commands attention. And, uh, and ideally the child learns that whenever that voice is used, there is no negotiation. There's no choice that the child will mm-hmm. <clears throat> needs to listen and, and bolt up. Um, yeah. I kind of think of it as uh, you see the mommy lion kind of lounging on the Sahara or mm-hmm. the savanna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess there's no lions in the Sahara, are there? It's uh, in the savanna. Savannah, but anyway, okay. um, so mommy lion lounging in the Sahara, in the savanna, <laughs> in the shade, right? And their cubs are kind of playing around her and maybe jumping on her, pulling her tail and stuff. And it, it's usually all tolerated mm-hmm. until they cross a line, and then that 
mommy lion gives out a pretty harsh growl, mm-hmm. right? And those and those and cubs know. learn. Oh, oh, okay. That's that was the line. Yeah. I kind of like just to think of it as that. And nobody would see watch that scenario and go, oh. That that parent is being so mean. That parent is being unreasonable. That you know that mama lion is no mm-hmm. mama lion is doing what's right for her cubs to be raised into to productive, safe. Yeah. Uh, secure uh, adult lions themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so uh, that's kind of how I did with with my kids. Everything we said mostly yes, yes to a lot of things, and then but then occasionally there was when it, when it was important there was a no, and uh, and and don't be worried about. Um, um, being, you're not being gentle in the moment. You're mm-hmm. being loving. You know, your child, this is, if you, if you're gentle in a moment like that, your child's running this, towards the street, mm-hmm. uh, the, the outcome could be pretty bad. When, and uh, your, your child will know the difference between anger right. and the difference di- between this, the mama lion, right? Mm-hmm. They can tell if there's anger in your voice for sure. One thing I, um, that Brandy mentioned that I really loved is, so, you know, you get to that point where you've, you've, you know, you've done that and they're there, but then, then what, right? And so, especially with the younger toddlers, they're n- not going to totally understand why, like they'll pause, but they're not going to understand why they can't go in the street and they might want to keep going or whatever situation it, it, it is. Um, when you have to pick up your toddler <clears throat> and carry them away from danger, um, usually it's often it comes with a meltdown. So they are not physically in control. And that's a really tricky thing for a parent when you're having to physically remove your toddler from a situation they're out of control your emotions are ramped up it can really easily escalate into something where you you don't feel like you're being gentle and it it's uh, i'll be honest it's really hard when you're frustrated aggravated there's a tantrum going on people are watching you (laughs) so she she talked about having it be where you pick up your toddler where their back is to your chest or stomach. <clears throat> so they're facing out, right? You have your arm around their chest and maybe one arm like between their legs or underneath their legs and you're carrying them away from their situation. And you keep that one hold for when you're carrying them away from a dangerous situation. So that's another way to reinforce that that specific situation that mommy is protecting you That's versus like mommy that. is being mean or doing something, right? It's so your voice and then a specific carry when it's, when danger is involved. Um, and when your toddler is in a meltdown situation, don't talk too much. They're not listening. Yeah, right. They, they can't, can't listen. <laughs> and you're just, you're just going to ramp up each other. Mm. So keep your, when they're in that, keep your voice soft and soothing and the words minimal and then when they're in a calm place, then you can have an appropriate conversation to their age. And you can even kind of act out what happened with their toys. Like you can show the, the toy running into the street, right? And I mean, and show the car coming and say, oh, what's going to happen? You know, just kind of let them learn at that time when they're calm, when when the situation's not heated. So that's, that's kind of um, how it happened. And, you know... Uh, Gosh, I still hear mom's voice. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Those are great tips. I'm definitely yeah. going to keep those in in the toolbox for when, like tomorrow, when yeah. it's going to be a toddler. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Hayden. Yeah. And Something that is kind of nice is, especially if um, a parent asks me uh, that, you know, that maybe the toddler's getting a little bit older and, and, and just doesn't listen to mom and, mm-hmm. and throws the meltdowns. And oftentimes those meltdowns come at the worst time for mom. Always. You know, you're trying yeah. to get off out the door or, or something, um, or, you, you know, you're trying to get your shopping done, but the child's going towards the street, and now you've got to, 
a tantruming toddler while you're trying to do your shopping. Um, I would offer if it's an issue and 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 it's it's becoming it's happening too often for a parent. I will suggest they do a little. I call them fire drills or or just do do a practice tantrum at home mm. uh, when you have plenty of time to deal with it. So you're not rushing out the door or you're you're not busy. You kind of say, hey, I'm not doing much for the next hour. All right, let's set let's set up let's set up little Johnny. <laughs> oh, let's no. set him up, right? And uh, and I would do that with my kids. I'd um, depending on whatever they're doing, I would basically go and uh, uh, and disrupt um, what they were doing. You know, they maybe they were watching Barney or something, watching it. You know, just do, doing something. And I'd kind of come in and um, I'm trying to think of it, a specific example, but I'd say, oh. It, I need to turn off the TV because it's we need to do something, you know, like yeah. pretend it's time to go or something mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, you know, um, or maybe there was a mess. You know, we got to clean up the mess before we finish the TV. And uh, so sometimes in just wait for the response. These are situations that are going to happen anyways. You mm-hmm. know, same thing as if you were actually leaving to take the other kids to school. But. Um, but you're not really. But uh, you just create that situation, and the child, and then the toddler gets to choose whether they're going to throw a fit or just not throw mm-hmm. a fit. And if they throw a fit, you have plenty of time, and you're not emotional about it. You're not in a rush, and you can then sit and have a, a, an appropriate response. Um, and then ideally, with at least with my kids, they quickly learned that uh, if they did not throw a fit. Um, then usually within about 30 seconds of the situation starting, it was over and they were back to doing what they had to, wanted to do in the first place, mm-hmm. as opposed to if they threw a fit, then the uh, it's a life, long process. Yeah, life yeah. did not stay happy. <laughs> yeah, for anyone. So, and it, I've, 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 the parents uh, have uh, feedback on that. Of, uh, it's been good. You know, like, oh, yeah, we, we do that. You know, every couple of days I go in and just throw throw a, throw a practice at them. And, and uh, they, they've kind of learned that, you know, sometimes they, they don't know if it's real or not, but, but they always, they've learned that uh, to just... Well, one thing I like about that is, is that then you also have a chance to reinforce the good behavior. If they don't, if they're compliant, right. then you get a chance to really praise them and yeah, they get Good job. Good Thank yeah. you for listening to mom and go back to Barney. Yeah. <laughs> good tips, guys. You guys are smart. Oh. <laughs> hey, um, okay, so I have a personal question. So... When, when when baby Johnny was about you know five months or so, it's kind of ramping up to solids, and I was super excited about it. And yeah. he started showing all the signs, right? The sitting up on his own, really interested in what I was eating, trying to reach for it. Um, and so you know, about a week before six month, I got out the little little tiny chunks of avocado, um, and he was wanted nothing to do with it, mm. like zero, <laughs> super super drama, like spit it out before he even could even try to taste it like gagging and I was like oh boy <laughs> I was so disappointed so like what you know t- give me some tips like ages foods that you've seen they like should I be worried that he's not interested in solids yet gotcha how old oh, he's almost eight months right, right. yeah you know, I've been trying <laughs> I've um it's funny I've had certainly at eight months most moms are going to be quite worried if the child's just not taking the solids, right? Um, but then my first thing I do, I look at the growth chart. If the baby is growing fine and developing fine, meaning the other parts of the development, you know, the fine motor, gross motor and social and everything, if all that's good, um, then I usually don't worry about it because there's a pretty darn good chance a month from now 
baby's going to be eating plenty. Um, now, if there is maybe there was some feeding difficulties when the baby was younger and maybe there is a swallowing dysfunction or maybe an extra, too much of a gag reflex or something like that, then maybe some you know, occupational therapy evaluation can kind of help um, and uh, to kind of work on or, or occupational or even sometimes speech therapists actually work with swallowing techniques mm-hmm. and uh, just making sure – that everything is fine there. Um, what we do know um, is uh, um, I, you said chunk of avocado. Uh, often, I don't know if you've tried just putting a little mush of avocado on your finger and just putting it on the baby's tongue because um, that sometimes, you know, as if it's a chunk, they may not be into the chunk mm-hmm. yet. Um, so we do know that uh, – it t- can take some babies just avocado right away. They love it. Oh, mm-hmm. boom! They take it. Some, a lot of babies, uh, there there needs to be m- many many exposures to foods uh, of a particular food multiple times before they finally accept them. So a lot of parents go, oh, I tried avocado once or twice and they don't like it, and so you know mm-hmm. now it's been three months and they've never had avocado, which is a bummer because mm-hmm. avocado is a great source of healthy, mushy, hopefully organic. Uh, nutrition mm-hmm. and some good fats in there, um, but uh, I often the uh, another thing we do know if if baby sees mom or and dad and or dad eating those things a lot, uh, if they see you even eating avocado a lot, they're way more likely to mm-hmm. want to do that. You mm-hmm. know, and so Jim, what what age would you like? Would it be a concern? So eight months, we wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I should maybe go see an occupational therapist. But what, like, if they're not eating solids by, like, nine, ten months, yeah, 12? Sure. Well, okay. I, it still kind of comes down to, certainly at nine months, I often will say, I will try to look, mm-hmm. you know, and see if, uh, how the baby feeds with um, just liquids and mm-hmm. see if uh, they're swallowing fine or, or maybe even send them to an occupational therapy center just to, just to look at, at an evaluation. Um, you know, some babies are sensitive to not just textures in the mouth, but outside the body too. You know, mm-hmm. some of these babies will be super sensitive to tags on the clothes or, or tight fitting clothes, that kind of stuff. Now, if that's the issue, then the baby has some sort of, probably some sort of sensory processing uh, issue. Something and and it can be, um, and oftentimes that can be very easily dealt with mm-hmm. uh, by somebody that knows what they're doing. You know, yeah. you know, an occupational therapist that deals with uh, sensory integration. But uh, mm-hmm. I've had plenty of nine-month-olds that are chunky, you know, 75th percentile for weight. And uh, mom goes, yeah, probably 95% of this child's diet is breast milk mm-hmm. um, or formula. And um, and I go, well, uh, they seem pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, and, and then and every, you know, 100% of the time. Um, the baby at, at some age, whether it's a year or, ele- you know, 10, 11 months, starts to finally get it. Yeah. Um, so. I think, I, I think um, if, if you're not worried, like if you have that sense that maybe – if you're not worried, I just wouldn't worry. <laughs> no, he's super healthy yeah. and he's like a rock star with all of his other developmental stuff and, his, yeah. you know, his percentile and everything's fine. I do want to ask though, have you seen any issues um, – he was diagnosed with a slight – um, tongue tie mm. when he was a newborn. So can that, I've heard gotcha. that can affect his solid stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it can. And that's where, um, you know, the swallowing, if there was, a, um, so, you know, I don't know if the tongue tie effect affected his 
breastfeeding or not. Um, that, uh, but if there is, um, that, that can. And that's okay. where kind of the the expert evaluation will kind of look at that. Um, we're we're seeing, I'm seeing a lot more tongue ties and lip ties being fixed these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in years past, we'd kind of look at it and and uh, and just not really worry about it too much. But it it's kind of ironic that about the time somebody invented a laser to fix these things <laughs> that uh, we're seeing a lot more of these things needing to get fixed. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, um, and I've seen, I've seen some, some ties that I think got fixed that maybe didn't need to get fixed, but then I've seen some ties mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. really needed it. And, uh, um, so seeing, you know, having a, and oftentimes it's a, like a feeding therapist or a, or a, um, or a dentist generally are the ones that have those lasers that can can fix the uh, the ties, especially the uh, tongue ties. But um, anyway, so, so I have, we'll give it a little more time. Yeah, I think he's issue, he's close, yeah. and he is getting more. Um, he will do like some of the more pureed stuff. Um, he will, he's a little more interested in that uh-huh. as he's getting older. Um, but I I was really wanting to do that the baby led weaning mm-hmm. process. Um, so I'm but, curious. Yeah. What attracts you about that? You know what? It just it seemed well a couple things. I liked that it wasn't it was less work on my end, not extra <laughs> extra pre- preparation for the baby. Gotcha. You Take, want to explain exactly? Here's my yeah. I'll. Um, I've actually I've not read any of the books. This is what I've learned from parents, though. Essentially, baby-led weaning, um, which is funny. It has nothing to do with weaning. No, right? it doesn't. It's, it's, uh, it has to do with feeding. You essentially put a, a small piece of food in front of the baby, and if they can get it into their mouth and swallow it, they eat it. And if not, they don't. That's exactly yeah, pretty much. And you, you, there's some guidelines. You want to be no spooning, no. (laughs) The airplane is so fun. I know. Come on, (laughs) I totally. And that actually it has worked. But so they were small, like you know, soft, soft stuff to start with, um, like matchstick size, like half of a matchstick. You want it helps them, you know, play and get work on their motor skills. And so it's like you know what? Yeah, whatever you're cooking for dinner, it just really helps that you know family feeding. Gotcha. As opposed to you eating a lamb chop and then baby needing some pureed thing out of a jar. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. So, and I guess there there is some studies that have shown that they become better eaters in general when they start eating like a huge, like a, a grown up yeah, exactly. from the beginning. So yeah, it's funny, and we yeah. we did a lot of that when my kids were young. You know, this is twenty six or twenty five years ago. Um, we just you know if there was something on our plate that felt that was good. That wasn't mm-hmm. junk, and we like even a piece of chicken. I'd take a little piece of chicken, mush it between my fingers, and just give it to them. And and uh, avocado. So I, I actually like that aspect. If instead of giving them baby food, give them people food, but in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like that, and and that's kind of what a lot I think would people do just intuitively mm-hmm. um, to do it that way. And so that part of it I like. I have had a couple of kids that weren't um just weren't taking getting it you know and i said hey mom just just do the airplane do a spoon (laughs) just try a spoon and oh yeah and then he just (laughs) took off and he likes it but anyways so i think the takeaway for for me is you have to find what works for you yes (laughs) just like anything else with with parenting yeah find every kid and every parent duo is is different right Mm -hmm. so maybe he'll get to the baby led weeding stuff more as he's getting older but 
like I actually kind of felt a little a little mom guilt of mm. oh I'm doing the purees he's not going to be as good of an eater oh. I got to get yeah. At, yeah. get over that you quick have, for right. sure right. that's that's one of the things where I, I think each book or method tend, tries to make they're obviously promoting their book or their method so they want to make it sound the best and sometimes we'll poo poo the other methods mm-hmm. and you know I found that just you know just doing. If a parent loves a child, they're going to do good on the child, and mm-hmm. uh, and almost always it comes out fine. Yeah. And to um, quote our our dad, the uh, doctor Doctor Sears Senior, I was talking with him this morning about this, and he said, "You first of all have to make it enjoyable for the kid." Yeah. You know. Obviously, if I kept trying to do the foods that were making him like gag and spit it out, it's not going to be enjoyable for him, and he's not going to want to you know, get healthy habits around the food. Yeah. So that means I should try something different. So yeah, I think that's a good takeaway is, yeah. is you want to make this a good, healthy, fun experience. Sure. Now, he, he doesn't have teeth yet, does he? Doesn't I noticed, have teeth yet, Okay, no. so I'm curious if that's a thing because usually by now they have little buds mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Is, and no, that's it's, a, not, it's, ob- it's not too late to not have teeth. Right, right, right. It, but it is yeah. a little later than most. Right, so I'm wondering if if that's a correlation like cuz sure. i've noticed one one of my kids that did she was a she started solids a little later more like 9 months it, until she was really into it her teeth didn't come in until around that time and so part of me thinks you know their body is unique to them their body knows when they are going to be ready for food and that's when their teeth will start coming so Possibly, you know and yeah. and i don't i have not looked at a study around this it's just that's been my experience and something i've noticed so you know that yeah. could even be an indication that his you know if, as far as fall solid foods goes he's just that's where he's mm-hmm. at sure, but yeah. i think quality some, over quantity and yeah like, some babies get their yeah. teeth at four months and some get them at 13 months 14 months you know it's, so it's a huge huge variety there um in terms of what foods mm-hmm. i think um we kind of tiptoed around this but i usually start at six months just hey six months and um my food handout that i give my patients it's it's actually old school um, but I like to update it right in front of the parents so they can kind of see what's new. And so what I the first thing I do, the, the, the sheet actually says six months rice cereal. I cross that off. <laughs> no rice cereal. I uh, I write in avocado as a great first food, um, and then um, um, what I do. I think it used to be very rigid. Oh, start these foods first and these other foods later. It, we've kind of learned that. A lot of foods can be given just whenever, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, as long as they're just not choking hazards, you know. So yeah. if it is a, you know, if you need to mush it or make it a small piece, uh, fine. But you can it just as long as it's a healthy food, um, I think it's great. Yeah, to give. I, to give I would I would suggest trying not to start with fruit. Definitely yeah. uh, start with like the avocado and the things aren't quite as sweet, so that they don't then not want to eat anything that's yeah. not sweet. Right. In fact, save things like bananas and stuff like that to mix other things in it that you want them to eat mm-hmm. that they won't. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a, a really good point about mixing. Um, so I found something he did like, and I'm going to confession, it's rice cereal. Just, okay. I just had that's to try right. it. Yeah. But I mixed it with uh, some of my breast milk. Oh, okay. 
And then he that seemed to so help him like want that. it more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just got to get this kid trying to be open to something. So uh-huh. I tried the rice cereal. Um, the good, you know, of course, the good organic yeah. brand and all that. Um, I mean, preachy, preachy. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then, but then I also, I, I snuck in a little avocado. Uh-huh. And then, because he liked the texture, something about the rice cereal. But then I knew he was getting a little nutrition from mm-hmm. the avocado and and the, the, the smell and the taste of my breast milk, I think, helped make it more appealing. So there's mm-hmm. a little tip for your new mom. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, excellent. And that's the, the nice thing about if you're doing purees or mushy, it's easier to just mix. You add mm-hmm. a little, you hide stuff in there that you don't you don't think they'll like with uh-huh. stuff they do like, and usually can can uh, get them to like that stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. So Aaron, oh, um, real yeah, last yeah, thing, yeah, the, my only rules, and this is uh, most people know this, but uh, before 12 months of age, no raw honey mm-hmm. and no just plain oh. cow milk. Yeah. It needs to be either people milk or a formula um, because full cow milk can be too harsh on the, the baby's yeah. digestive system. It can cause microscopic bleeding and anemia and yucky. Yeah. yucky and in stuff, fact, so. you re- just really don't ever have to do milk. There's not a need for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to What's say What's the that. substitute for well, that? Cow, for, what probably, would be? Cow milk. Cow milk. Yeah, what would yeah. be the substitute for cow milk? Uh, goat. Goat milk. Um, pea protein milk. Um, Flax milk. That, cashew milk. That I don't know about those ones. Um, some of the some of the milks. Um, there's some milks that have kind of a good round, a good amount of carbs and fat and protein, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the milks are missing some of those, right. like yeah. uh, like coconut milk right. doesn't coconut have protein. protein. Yeah, yeah. almond milk they don't right. have protein. Most right. most of the most of those milks don't have protein unless it's added, right. unless mm-hmm. it's like a protein added. There's things that I, I know hemp milk um, has a pretty a good amount pea protein milk mm-hmm. that ripple that people see. I think that's pretty kind of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, goat milk, people milk, cow milk. Those okay. all good uh, or can it can be used as a considered a meal uh for a a, a toddler um can i ask about yogurt because that's something sure. yes. baby johnny does like yogurt yeah. yeah i like yogurt now when i say cow milk that's just real cow milk or plain cow milk but if it's processed like yogurt or cheese that you can give that earlier Mm-hmm. So okay. that's fine. So yogurt's okay. Yogurt's okay. All right, yogurt's good. okay. Although I did his 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 diaper showed me a couple signs saying he's not sure if his digestive system liked the yogurt. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of, but I it's do. only a couple times. Yeah. So you know, give it some more tries. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So Aaron, I'm so like one of the reasons, one of the things I want to talk about while you're here because you're just in this stage right now yes. <laughs> with a young mom, you know, a new mom, and um, I think there's some really unique things that that happen with a mom at this stage that I think it'd be great if we chat about. And one of them is, you know, the mom body. And one of them is like the mom squad. So like the mom bod, the mom squad. And um, it's such a, you know, it's such a unique time in a woman's life and a unique thing that's happening to her and through her. And it comes with a whole complex um, a whole array of complex feelings and everything. Um, but our bodies is something that's just so often at the forefront of our minds and of our, uh, you know, of our thoughts and, and even our, our days. And, um, so I just want to talk about that. And so, you know, it's my, my youngest is nine. So I'm a little, a little bit far out from, from that stage. And I'm curious, like your experience and also the new moms that you're around, how is, how in this current culture right now in this current climate how is the mom body 
being perceived either um, like positive, negative? Is it, is it, I, if I get the mm-hmm. sense that it's being more celebrated now. Than Absolutely. It was. Yes. Okay. And I'm, what's popping to mind is my stroller fitness mom, mom group. It's mm-hmm. called Fit Parent Boot Camp um, up in San Jose where I live. And you'll see every shape and size represented, mm. different ages. And they are all there just honoring their body through movement, not through, oh man, I ate a whatever pint of ice cream or, oh, I got to get this baby weight off. They are there because they know that movement is a way to honor and celebrate where where we are today. Mm-hmm. Right, and maybe maybe it make, helps us be a little healthier tomorrow. Um, but I love that there's, yes, there's there's not so much this like, you know, unicorn like thought that I'm gonna give birth and you know my body's gonna be exactly the same way it was, you know, just three months prior or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, there's a lot more that compassionate, um, patient <laughs> vibe, and um, I really love that. And for me. I, I, I'm living that right now. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, you know, there's a reason why moms live in yoga pants mm-hmm. <laughs> because yep. you've got to be comfortable. But a couple of things really, really helped me is I understand what's my primary purpose right now. My primary purpose is to, is to give life to this baby and my body is where it needs to be, especially those who are breastfeeding. Um, it me holding on to a little bit extra extra weight because that's the body's way of protecting the nutrients, making sure, you know, my breast milk has enough of that fat content. And, and that's something to be really, really proud of, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's been a journey for me. So to be a little vulnerable here, you know, being a health coach and being, you know, part of this family, I definitely had the expectations, like probably some of you new moms out there. Um, and for me personally, you know, I, I gained, a little bit more weight outside of that, you know, quote unquote, healthy range that you read about in the books. So already I was kind of in that little danger zone with thinking. Mm. It was like, oh, I'm already, you know, messing up or failing. So, um, you know, number is just a number. I had to get get rid of that because my body responded how my body needed to respond to give life to this, you know, precious, amazing gift. Um, and so then fast forward to postpartum. The first six weeks, I, I dropped about half of it, half the baby weight, um, right away, and I was like, "Sweet, this is going to be easy." <laughs> like, yeah. nice. And you guys know how it is. I mean, the first the first couple months, especially, it's you know a lot of takeout. It's food people cook for you, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I mean, you're just kind of in survival mode, just getting your hands on anything you can. And I was so hungry getting used to breastfeeding, like way more than I was when I was pregnant. And so, you know, maybe inched outside of my regular healthy, healthy living habits around my food. But I was like, oh, but I, I'm losing the weight, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, I had to kind of readjust my, recalibrate my thinking around that because, um, you know, the weight stopped, kind of plateaued around there. But again, I had to practice acceptance, number one. Okay, this is where I am, and this is a beautiful, healthy place. Um, you know, find that balance of wanting to be healthy, wanting to feel feel the best I could to, you know, to take care of a kid and, and handle all the lack of sleep, but also, um, you know, ha- always have that blanket of grace around everything. You know, it's it's... It's okay to have a little, you know, for me, I, I like, I have a sweet tooth. 
So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge that and like deprive myself, but I'm going to say, okay, what can I choose that's maybe a little healthier option of this? Or if I'm going to have something that's a treat, make sure there's something nutritious in there as well to Mm -hmm. balance, you know, little things like that. Um, So that's, that's kind of where I am right now. And um, that's, you know, and that's where I feel a lot of moms are are really are there too? Mm-hmm. They're just celebrating where they are, and through that more compassionate approach mindset, usually the number does start to to fall when you stop focusing so much on it and just focus on living living healthy, doing the doing the best you can, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You know the the outlook might be different versus being so kind of compulsively. You know we can I cannot think about myself. I can't think about, um, you know. I can't just get so caught up in in losing the baby weight, losing the baby weight, because that's not where my focus needs to be, number one, yeah. right? That's like living healthy, doing my thing. That's going to come when it's ready. Mm-hmm. It took nine months to get to grow <laughs> yeah. this thing, right? And so I think it should take at least that oh, yeah. minimum. <laughs> I Yeah. And not even, let's not talk about this for a second. Get the whole get your body back oh, after baby saying. Can we just crazy. stop? Can we stop <laughs> we need saying to stop. that? You have your yeah. body. It never yeah. left you. No, never left. And... Hey, this is a new amazing version. Oh. I want this this life is way more amazing than the the life I had a year ago. So yeah. why would I want something back that gave, you know, this body gave me this gift? Yeah. Why would I want it to be different? It just did this <laughs> most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. You, you have a new you have this new prize. It's like it's like you won a prize. It's like you won the marathon, right? Like you know, yeah. your body's going to reflect that. You you did something amazing. So I I love that. You know, you see this posted on Facebook and moms are talking about this more. They they're not they're not using that term as much. In fact, they're they're really rejecting it. And I love that so much. And I think I love what you said about honoring your body. So when you're talking about food and making choices, that that's such a great lens to to go through because there's so many ways you can honor your body. And sometimes eating that piece of chocolate cake, that's how you can honor your body yep, in the moment. <laughs> it really is. And and that's okay. I think I think that's really important. And I think that's also where um like a mom squad comes in mm-hmm. because when you're not in that place of of staying in that that mindset because it's so easy to slip back into the other into the I'm not enough I'm you know I, like all those negative things that can start in your mind and just kind of really really tear you down you have that mom squad that will that will be that voice for you for a while and mm-hmm. then when when somebody else is struggling you get to be that voice for them to bring them back in into that beautiful way of thinking. Um, and I, I love it. You, Erin, you started a Facebook page for, what's it called? It's called Healthy Peaceful Mamas. Healthy Peaceful Mamas. And I love it. I love, you know, I don't post a lot of it on it a lot because my kids are older, but I just love seeing it. it. Actually, like these little reminders you guys put out there, they they feed me as well. Yeah. Um, now I'm curious, is that something that's just for your personal friends or is that an open group that other people can message you and join? Um, well, I'm open to that. You know, I definitely, I started it because I, I, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. I needed, I needed some support. And I said, Hey, I, I had a lot of new mom friends. I said, there's gotta be other people that, you know, need, need support like I do. Um, so I just put it out to my friends list, but yeah, if anyone's out there listening, um, I'll make sure I'll, I can set it to an open group. Yeah. Or- and so to, to the mom squad that it definitely plays a big part of just overall healthy, healthy body image stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
For me, I jumped in really, really quick, living away from my family. I knew I needed to connect with communities right away. And that was a really, really huge thing for, I think, my recovery, you know, getting not getting stuck in some of the depression stuff and isolation. Um, so a few things that are really important to me is, is finding the mom groups that were a reflection of what I wanted, mm-hmm. right? That had the people that thought like I did or who had, you know, some, something that I wanted. Um, because I think a big thing that moms struggle with now today is too, too many opinions, mm-hmm. you know, going on these mom groups or mom Facebook pages or whatever, and you see 40 different suggestions to the same questions, and it can be like the opposite effect. It can mm-hmm. be overwhelming and get you in more fear and more disconnected. Yes. So you're finding that, that you know, mama tribe that is, is going to be healthy for you. Um, and it's so, you know, it's like dating. It really is. <laughs> so, you know, so put, you know, put yourself out there. Find, find people in your area. There's so many resources now. Um, a few that I've really liked is uh, find a local, local yoga studio that had the prenatal group. So mm-hmm. I did the prenatal yoga, but then they also had the postpartum support groups and the mommy baby yoga. So it's so cool as you can get the community through these, you know, mom fitness groups. You can get the community, the support, the exercise, all that stuff. So you can get a lot of, a lot of things that we need as new moms um, through that. But then also some other great groups I love, the Lalecha League, it's mm-hmm. really amazing for any, um, you know, breastfeeding support um, or, uh, or exclusively a breastfeeding, milk feeding through bottle for mm-hmm. free breast milk. Um, and then I love Mops, which is moms of preschool aged kids. Just, I just joined that. Oh, that's super, awesome. super exciting. I was it's, one of my favorites. I was yeah. in Mops for so many years. I, that was one of my favorite. It was my favorite moms group. I just loved it. So I like you, it's faith, a little faith, it's faith based. based. So, so you can yeah, find one at that. usually a local church around your area will have a Mops group. Mm-hmm. And one thing I loved about that specifically is, you know, you, you can bring your baby, mm-hmm. but then at some point when you're ready to take your baby to the nursery, it's usually about two a two hour thing, yeah. so your baby can go get cared for in the nursery. You get to sit. There's usually a meal involved and like some sort of speaker, and so you get to sit, have a meal, listen to a speaker speak on some sort of parenting or something that's of interest to you as a mom, and then usually sit at a table with about ten women for the whole year, and you've just built this beautiful kind of network and community, and you just get to have a couple hours of being cared for. And I love that model. It, it's just beautiful. So, yes, huge shout out to Mops Group. Yes, out I'm there. so so excited <laughs> about that. And what's so cool is, you know, and Hayden and I we're working on a new project with Yay. our mom, um, the Healthy Motherhood Journal. Yep. it still weighs out, you know, a yeah. year or so in in production, but. Um, you know, I'm like riding on the job. You know, it's so cool. Like baby Johnny's teaching me so much or like my new mom friends are teaching me so much. And um, something that our dad is big on is, you know, the helper's high. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you give something away, the more I get to keep it for myself. And just that beautiful give and take and that community. Like I was not prepared for the the cool perk of, of being a mom and being exposed to this new group of friends. Like mm-hmm. I all of a sudden have these, like, I feel like these new friendships that I've only had for like, you know, seven months now are going to be lifelong yeah. you know, friends that have kids that are Johnny's age. And it's, it's really super exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool air. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really enjoy speaking at mops groups. Mm-hmm. It's Me just too. always a, a very fun, um, 
open-minded. Uh, when I show up and do a lecture at, for these moms, you know, sometimes big groups, sometimes small, but they're all just like sponges. They yeah. just want to know and they they're have such great for... questions. <laughs> yeah. And they're always so super friendly. And, and, uh, and it's, those are some of my favorite lectures is at mops groups. So anyways, all right. So, well, that brings us towards the end of this podcast and we are going to take a quick slow down to have a what is it? Oh, moment for mom. That's what oh, it's mom. It? No, it's mom to mom moment. I was like, wait. Sorry, I was <laughs> that's what our book. <laughs> I always call it mommy moments. So like, no, no, no. It's mom to mom moments. Okay. So you wrote. You wrote a note. I know. Moment mom for mom. mom. It's, like that's that's the section we're doing in our book <laughs> that we're just working on. Yeah. All right. So, moment. No wait. Mom, <laughs> mom, mom to mom, to mom moments. moments. Yes, and I'm going to invite <laughs> Aaron, Aaron to to give us our mom to mom moment for today. <laughs> so just a little kind of summary from you know shout out to all the new moms out there. And I think about all of the generations of moms that have come before us that have lived to tell the tale, right? All the sleepless nights, all the all the tantrums, all the stuff. It does get better one day at a time. Um, be so gentle, so compassionate towards yourself. Give yourself a weekly treat. Mm. Maybe that's something that's not food related. Yeah. You know, get a, a pedicure, a massage. Just call call a friend on the telephone. That's a novel <laughs> idea. <What? laughs> take a, a take a shower that's not two minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, hire a friend and get a babysitter and go. You know, do something once a week just for yourself. That's not kid related. Mm-hmm. Get your mommy tribe. Um, find out of that mommy tribe, just have two or three that are like really, really your people that you can say whatever you need to say. <laughs> no guilt, no judgment. <laughs> um, those of you who are struggling with sleep, maybe your baby's like me that has just a lot of nighttime needs still. It's really hard to stay in this perspective, but I gave myself a challenge. One week, I'm going to not complain about it. <laughs> For one week, when someone asks me, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'd be like, I'm feeling, I'm doing feeling great. great. Baby's doing great. healthy. <laughs> not going to complain. Not gonna say, oh, I'm so tired. And I, I tell you what, I was much less tired that week. Sure. So getting that in that healthy mindset, realizing that the nighttime parenting is exhausting, but it's an amazing growth opportunity for, for the baby. My baby's growing so much at night because, because of the, um, you know, still a lot of the wake ups, but his brain is, brain is developing so much that time. We are getting this amazing bond through that time. It doesn't make it easy, but know that the stuff is worth it. Especially after three, just three or four nights, it feels like, oh my gosh, this is my life now. It's always going to be like this and going to be overwhelming, but Looking now, I mean, I'm I'm 20. Well, depending on which kid, tw- at least 20 years past that mode, and uh, yeah, it it uh, those tired memories fade very quickly. <laughs> so it gets way way better. Yeah. But just not complaining—that's actually scientifically proven to make things better. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, just have a good attitude, that's a big part of it. So um, you will uh, survive it a lot better by not complaining and having mm-hmm. good attitude. Yep. All right, cool. Well, thank so, you, Aaron. Yeah. Yay. So that was it. Um, that was a good fun show. A lot of fun questions. Keep them coming, you guys. We really like to hear from y'all. So do do you can do that at um, Instagram, Dr. Sears Family Podcast, or on the Facebooks, or on the interwebs, askdrsears.com slash podcast. 
We will see you soon for Aaron Sears and Hayden Sears and Matthew, not Sears, is empty chair over there, but it looks like the computer is still recording, so that's good. I am your host, Dr. Jim Sears, and we will see you next time.